I just hit my microphone. That's what I'm going to be doing all night. I'm going to be hitting microphones. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Happy Jacks RPG Network. I am Christopher Gray. We are going to be playing Temples and also Tombs. This is a game that uh, I, I, I... Okay, I wrote the game. And this game is really about pulp adventure, and we are going to have a great time with our campaign, The Eye of Horus. What is The Eye of Horus? We're going to find out. But why don't we introduce the rest of our cast? Who wants to go first? you want to start on this end? Sure. Hello, everybody. You might know me from a few of the other campaigns here on Happy Jacks. My name is Joe. I'm super stoked to be in person, in the physical, at a table. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is the first time back since the before times. We can touch... Yes, yeah. that's amazing. The graphics yeah. are so good right now. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it's super happy to be back and can't wait to get started. My name is Eli. I have not been here in a very long time, but also the last time I actually played with anybody was at Happy Jacks. And again, this is my first place back. So thank you for welcoming us back. That's great. You want to take it, Emily? Hello, I'm Emily Vanderwerf. Uh, I have, yeah, the last time I played in person was uh, a game of masks in this very room. In like, when was the 2020? I almost said 2018. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think that's right. It was the before times. Yeah, uh, some somewhere back in the past. And I am, I am your first time producer tonight. So if anything goes wrong. Just don't bring it up. I'm just going to assume it's all okay. We already, like, missed recording the first couple seconds of the show, but I fixed it. I fixed it. All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Blythe, and this is the first time back in the studio for me as well, and I'm super excited to be here. Uh, it's also nice to finally meet Emily in person. I've just played online with her, and it's amazing to be, like, in the human space next to her. <laughs> And I forgot to start the captions, but I just started the captions. So if you are reading, if you're trying to figure out what's happening, now you have captions. So yeah. I rely on those captions. That's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yes. no, as someone with severe audio processing issues, I have captions on everything. Yes, mm -hmm. the captions mm -hmm. are good. Yes. Subtitles, mm -hmm. good things. Yeah. Let's see what it does with the word sesquicentennial. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. It did it correctly. <laughs> Yay! Technology. Okay, well, we're back. Uh, I'm really looking forward to running this game. This is um, the first time that I have done a public actual play of Temples and Tombs. So there's another first. This is great. Uh, and thank you all for joining me. Uh, the game is pretty obvious on what it's about. So I don't think I need to go into too much detail there. I will like to run, I would like to run down what we're doing today. This is session zero. We are going to create characters. I, in my infinite wisdom, only brought one book, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> we do have an iPad or two, uh, so maybe that'll help. Uh, but we're going to make characters. We're going to figure out the relationships with the characters, and then um, we're going to kind of figure out the institution uh, in which all of these characters work together. Uh, in my game design, I typically try to start it off in a situation where you already know each other, working for the same cause. Um, and then after that... Uh, you know, we might even have some time to, to do a cold open, which is a, a, a structure in the game in which you can have narrative control based on your response to my questions. And it's a really great way to introduce characters. Um, and it's a cold open, so it's like right in the middle of something going wrong, right? So uh, we might get to that. If we don't, uh, that'll be in session one. 
Uh, but for now, we're going to start with characters. Really, the only thing we know about this is this has something to do with the Egyptian god Horus and his eye. So beyond that, we really don't know what's going to happen, and this is sort of a discovery process to get to the bottom of that. I have some ideas. If you, um, by the way, did back this game, uh, there are adventures in this game. I am not running those adventures, so don't worry about spoilers. Um, if you did not back it, it is going to be available on Drive-Thru RPG imminently, I think as soon as next week. So look out for that. Um, if you just want to keep tabs on things, uh, my website is Christopher.world. I have all of the Christophers. Uh, and, for, and for folks who listen to this later, what 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 do you, next week, like, do you have a date or time frame? Eh. Eh? It's a, eh. Sometime in November. Sometime in November. <laughs> yeah, sometime in November. I, I think it's going to be uh, second week of, what, what week are we in? We're in the first week. Second week of November. Okay. And, um, and we'll see. And just, just plug in later if you want to know. Um, so I, I, we're really just waiting on the international backers to get their books So once they do. If you live your life in time backwards, then it's too late for you. But if you live your life <laughs> conventionally going forwards through time, it'll be in a few days probably. Yeah, and, and time is motion. It's actually just a way of measuring motion. So, um, relative to space, right? <laughs> exactly. So, if you are um, measuring your motion in a different place in space, you can still get the game. Tune into our podcast where we break, break all of this down for you. We've got graphics and charts. Right. So None of which are accurate to anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, why don't we start uh, by discussing, really the very first thing we need to discuss is the type of character that you want to play. And the characters in this game are built on your profession. There are, um, I don't remember how many, but we'll find out, I think 12, because I like to do things in increments of three. Jason Mills does that too, as some weird thing we share. Uh, Ace, you know, who an Ace is, right? Usually a pilot, uh, the Han Solo type. Archaeologist, uh, certain theme song comes to mind. Doctor, uh, genius. Now, difference between doctor and genius, we're talking like medical doctor versus... Yeah. We're dealing with the 1930s, by the way, and I'll discuss themes in a bit, but you know, doctor and, and uh, genius are a little relative when we're dealing with the 30s. Uh, hunter, journalist, outlaw going to play a journalist? I probably am. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Professional. So this is somebody is a professional adventurer. So these are the types of people that used to go out with their, you know, tons of money and their crews to go and uh, adventure. Socialite, soldier, spy, and thief. So those are the choices. Now I turn the table to you all. I was thinking soldier. Great. World War One vet. <laughs> yeah, it would be World War One. Yeah, World War One vet. Yeah. Uh, after that, he became a mercenary. Uh-huh. I was thinking about the actor that would play him would be Sean Bean. Oh, so you're not going to live <laughs> through yeah, the game? I'm trying not to. <laughs> so right. you'll have a second character that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah comes yeah. on right after. Yeah, uh, but he after the war he. Basically, wanted to go back to England. Unfortunately, it was the starting of the Great Depression, and there wasn't a lot of uh, employment there. So he decided to 
join the ranks of adventuring and mercenary. So great. So you've, you've probably you've already thought this through a bit. So the yeah. um, the the World War One vet we're in the thirties. So this would be about uh, what ten years later, fifteen, mm-hmm. depending on what front you were on and all of that. Yeah. So who? who uh, yeah. What front were you on? Uh, he was in France. Okay. Was he uh, American or was he? No, he's British. British. Okay. So he was in early. Side note: no accent. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. It'll be it'll be like the comics where they put you in brackets. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were you were part of the the like the 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 originals that came in. Mm-hmm. And I think that he does have some scarring from chemical warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was one of the also reasons why he didn't really want to go back to Europe is because he is he does carry some of that back, and he's just like you know what I really don't feel like I. Uh, relate to the people here and I just kind of need to get out. Yeah. Deal with somebody else's reality for a while. So you're escaping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's helpful. We have a Brit war veteran. What else are you all thinking? Well, I don't know like if I can pass up the chance to play Rosalind Russell in his Girl Friday. I just don't know if I can avoid doing that. Um, even though I am a journalist in real life, and I do this to not think about work, I'm going to play myself if I lived in the 30s. Um, I, I can, can she be psychic? <laughs> I see no problem with that. I don't want her to be like, you know, she has all-consuming knowledge of everything. I just, like, I have this very specific idea in my head of someone who gets psychic visions that are conveyed entirely through modern pop lyrics. (laughs) So she'll just be, like, walking along, and then she'll be, like, you know, getting getting the the lyrics to Taylor Swift, shake it off. I was like, wait, are you revealing something about yourself to us? Are you psychic and get everything through Taylor Swift lyrics? Yes, I am. (laughs) Actually explains a lot. Explains so many things. Taylor, if you're watching, thank you for <laughs> for helping me through this time. She's a Happy Jacks fan, is is the truth. Um, and uh, yeah, I just you know I think I think that would be fun. I think it would be fun to play someone who gets like psychic visions that are just like she has to like interpret them and decipher them. And that's also you know I, she's a really good journalist. I think I'm going to give her a wife because that's like unconventional for. Um, you know, uh, the 1930s. And, like, if her wife was here, they would have a real thin man vibe going, but her wife is doing something else. Um, And, uh, yeah, she's extremely hot. That's very important to know. Of course. Uh, The psychic thing works, especially given our our assumed adventure we're going to be dealing with Mm -hmm. a lot of ancient Egyptian mysticism. Part of the... um, Temples and Tombs does say, as your themes, you really should uh, include mystical ideas as part of the pulp genre. So we can definitely play with that. Okay, great. Yeah, I just want I just want Happy Jacks fan Taylor to like have something she can <laughs> latch onto in this. So, <laughs> all right, great. So we have a journalist playing against type. They <laughs> um, are talented cast member here. Yes. Awesome. Um, oh, I should write down the word psychic. Extremely hot. Yeah, yeah extremely hot. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a face in mind? 
I've been thinking, um, like when I when I I want her to have that Mid Atlantic American accent, but for some reason the only voice I can hear in my head is Kira Knightley. So I think I'm gonna like veer in that direction. You know the thing where she kind of swallows consonants. <laughs> like I think I'm gonna veer toward that. So I'm like it's 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 Kira Knightley. You know. So we were watching episode one of Star Wars last night. It's not as bad as you remember, actually. I love the Phantom yeah. Menace. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I kept on. I, I really had trouble telling the difference between her and Natalie. Mm-hmm. And I, I read somewhere that their mother, one of the mothers, couldn't tell the difference either. That that is. Um, I have many concerns <laughs> uh, that one of them walked away with the wrong child at some point. <laughs> it, it, when you look at the careers, you wonder. You know. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. Uh, Great. We have a journalist. We have a World War One vet, uh, now mercenary. I'm torn. Okay. Because I'm kind of like I kind of want to do the like Brendan Fraser himbo professional adventurer type dude mm-hmm. who like yeah and I know playing a man playing against gender on stream can get a little confusing but I I feel like that would be really fun. It's something I haven't done before. But at the same time, I'm like no, I want to be like the cool black widow spy lady who's like. <laughs> Super hot and awesome. Both of them are British in my mind mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> we have some Brits here. Okay. Yeah, it's also the only other than. Well, I could also do Southern. I could make a Southern himbo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I got. It's my accent mm-hmm. variety. <laughs> well, um, are, are there anybody? Is there anybody chat that has any? I don't know if we can see chat from here. Oh wait, yes we can. We we have the technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could have you know somebody else decide for yeah. us. To make a decision of what uh, accent Blythe should use, um, the first person to type it in chat is what we're going to go with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously. No pressure. Yeah. yeah, no pressure. Uh, so um, <laughs> a Black Widow super spy, awesome, or a um, rustic professional adventurer, Brendan Fraser type. Southern Belle. Was that one of the options? We hear yeah. Southern Bell from the yeah. audience. Now, what do you think that... I feel like that goes really well with uh, Southern British. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is Sussex. A, yeah, I was like, I don't know if I can do that. My British is very posh. I, 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 I do feel like that's very um, Brendan Fraser type, mm. if it's a Southern accent. Gone with the Wind Spy Lady. Um, Gone with the Wind Spy Lady. Mm. I'm not sure I should have given the power to them. The one uh, girl bossing too hard. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's what that feels like to me. Yeah. Um, I like that. All right. I guess I am going to be a Southern Spy Lady. Uh, Not quite Gone with the Wind, though, because I don't like that story. But Southern southern Spy Lady. So you're a spy. You could be from anywhere. I could be. This could be like a put-on. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know where my, you don't know where my roots are from, and you don't know. I'm just gonna switch accents every time. Well, <laughs> you're a spy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I co-sign on that. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you can you can use like ambiguous places that exist both in the UK and in the South. You oh know? yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to Athens, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have a Southern spy lady. Um, we have a journalist and we have a World War One bet. Okay. So, uh, I am thinking about going ace, but instead of leaning into the the way it's written in the book, I think instead of thinking he's the greatest, I think he takes overwhelming pleasure in the quality of his work, and he's like a private courier service. 
like private transport. Everybody on this manifest, nothing harms them, ever. So like the uh, the, cu- the your quintessential conductor on a train. Yeah, who- like when you're on his train, he's everything's solid, but everything outside the train he has no control over. Um, uh, well, I had a moment that you said that you were going against the book. Is that what you said? I just wanted to make yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, in the book, it's written, like, one of the, the I think the, the traits is, like, um, it's, like, I'm the greatest, and mm-hmm. who do I need to prove that I'm the greatest to? I think it's, like, I'm building this brand. Like, I, like when you signed up to this courier service, you're in good hands. <laughs> but I'm taking that to the extreme. <laughs> like, as a concept. And I think the voice would be somewhere between... Um, 1930s East Coast, New York, New Jersey, little bit of British. So I will be attempting the Southern British. Uh, we'll see how that, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> the Southern British or the Sus- uh, Okay, whatever. Yeah. I, I, um, a Southie boy that went to the East Coast and then worked overseas a long time. I'm going to end up with accent soup by the end of this. Yes. Just <laughs> copying everything. That, that is the intent. <laughs> It's a worldly group. If you're tr- it's, a, it's a melting pot. If you're trying to build your brand, I suggest the name Frederick Xavier, and you call yourself Fred X. <laughs> <laughs> and we, this is like the secret origin story of FedEx, is what this game turns out to be. No joke. That was in the back burner. Like I was, I was not the fr- the Fred X is brilliant, but I was thinking, okay, somehow I want to create FedEx. <laughs> it's my my whole arc here. <laughs> Is I want to somehow be the guy that was behind FedEx. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we have uh, to go and build our characters now. But before we do, I do want to talk about themes a bit. We're already starting to bring up some themes. Um, the biggest thing about this game is that it is sort of um, a revival of a genre that is looking at it with modern eyes. So we're not playing a history game. There are lots of games out there that deal with historical trauma in many ways, that have the engine to do so and the tools to do so. This is not one of those games. So we're not going to be dealing with things like uh, racism, uh, misogyny, all of the stuff that even comes out of the genre. Uh, we're not we're not celebrating the genre. We're reviving it. So, so we won't see any of that at this table. Uh, there will be imperialism and colonialism. We can't get away from that, but we're not going to be participating in it. We're going to be uh, th- we're going to be punching up, or we're going to be fixing problems they cause. And and so those are kind of the two uh, baseline themes that we have to go with. And the other thing is, this is an action adventure movie. So we're not going to be all that concerned about how much damage you take, whether or not you need to wear a sling, you know, what your backpack has, <laughs> your you're heroes. So that means then, I mean, unless you want the character to die <clears throat> because you're Sean Bean, uh, your character won't die. They may be out of the scene because they got thrown off a cliff and they're in the rapids, and they, but they'll be back. So we, uh, we're, we're working in a, in a game that is entirely about heroes who fail a lot. And that failure is what's going to make the game fun. So that's you'll, the core themes. Um, we also have an X card here somewhere. If you can't reach it, you can use your arms uh, for any themes that you don't want that come up in the game. Um, and then, you know, we, we have a lines and veils that uh, I will post for this group if you want to include anything beyond that. 
But is there anything else you would like to discuss with regards to theme? I should bring up, on, uh, since we're dealing with the 1930s, um, that we are going to be loosey-goosey on historical events. Like, I, uh, there's some stuff going on in different places, but we're not all that concerned about that stuff. It's possible we'll run into the Allies as they're, you know, trying to po posture in the Mediterranean or whatever, but it's not our problem. So, um, so we're not going to be too historically accurate. Um, I just made myself queer, um, and I'm wondering, you know, to what degree we want to play with the fact that in the 30s that was probably not terribly acceptable. I just feel like everyone who knows whoever I am is like, yeah, she's got a wife, whatever. She's very annoying about it. She won't shut up about it. But, like, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on that, Chris. I, um, my initial thinking on it is that, it, you know, it's, it's, it's as uh, much of an issue as you want it to be. Okay. But I don't think in the, in the setting as it's packaged that it has to be. Okay. I yeah, and like you know, or like her wife is not there, so it's you know. But also, you know, I just wanted to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm cool with it being a slight thing, but mm -hmm. I don't want it to be like actual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are uh, really good games that deal with these kinds of issues, mm -hmm. and this isn't one of them. So, I mean, I did get some cookback on this, and it, it's really important to me that it's clear that we are not. Uh, this game isn't for that kind mm -hmm. of experience. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not safe enough. It's this is a it's an action adventure romp. That's all yep. it is. So we can't I'm take ourselves very seriously. I'm playing a queer woman. Yeah. So what? I, I know it's shocking. <laughs> truly, you know. I think it's okay to play against type. So we have our profession. Great. Step one. Next, we need to decide age. So your age. You can be a kid, which is translated as to up to 25 years old. <laughs> hey, kid. Uh, you can be uh, in your prime, which is translated as 26 to 50 years. Or you can be grizzled, which is 50 plus. Uh, now, this mechanically does have significance. Um, if you are a kid, that means you're going to get uh, fewer skills, but you're going to have more on your attribute. Oh, no, I have it backwards. Yeah, you have fewer skills because you're a kid. And if you're grizzled, you have more skills. But you have uh, better attributes as a kid because you're presumably more resilient. And that's really the only mechanical difference. I'm taking prime, but he's probably close to grizzled. Mm -hmm. So me, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was not the right answer. I wrote down. <laughs> I, I wrote down thirty-five because I don't. <laughs> I wrote down thirty-five because I don't prime. recognize your system. But I also wrote in parentheses after that prime, so <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I was thinking kind of the like twenty-six to thirty range. But there's something amusing to me about maybe you not knowing my real age the whole time. <laughs> it changes with your accent. Yeah. <laughs> just, you just don't know. You should play like a 75-year-old who looks. <laughs> I actually have already found the Eye of Horus and have unlocked the secret to mortal immortality and no one knows it. Like the, uh, what's her face from Game of Thrones? Uh, it was actually a crone. Yep. Spoilers. Mm -hmm. All right. You so know, for a show that's been off the air <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I'd like the game to take place on my 25th birthday. Uh, so I'm a kid. Okay. <laughs> so it's okay for everybody to say, hey, kid. Mm -hmm. You have to have the one, the guy, it's probably you that says it. Hey, kid. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very very bright eyed, young. The world is has not gotten to him yet, kind of kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we'll fix that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why it happens on my birthday, <laughs> <laughs> and then I become in my front after some trauma. <laughs> All right, first day. As one does. <laughs> All right, the first thing we're going to do is determine our attribute, uh, the attributes. The attributes are grit, quick, wit, and style. Pretty self-explanatory. Each of the attributes has, has, a, a, has correlating skills attached to them. And so if you want to look ahead, uh, your grit is going to be fight, endure, or feet. Feet is basically stunt. You're doing a big stunt. Uh, quick will be drive, shoot. Or stunt. Okay, so what's the difference between stunt and feet? Feet is like lifting a big train or something, whereas stunt is jumping over one. Uh, wit includes fix, um, savvy, and lore. Uh, and, and style is sway, scare, and trick. So that's kind of where it'll land downstream when you choose to distribute your stats. Now, if you are a kid, you get 15 points to spread out. Uh, those of you that I know year zero, this is going to be pretty familiar to you. If you're in your prime, you get 14, and grizzled, you get 13. Now, we're going to want to jump ahead and look at your profession because you do get key stats. And when you're distributing your stats, you need to make sure that you have, uh, let's see, no more than, th- wait, let's see, I, I forget my own rules. Your key attribute allows you to have a stat that goes up to five, but if you don't have a key attribute, it can only go up to three. So when we look at uh, the playbooks in here, which I did not print out, thank you, journalist, first one I came to. Thank you. Your key attribute is style, so that one can go up to five. You know know what? Yeah, cool. The... um, Soldier's key attribute is grit. I guess we could have guessed that. The spy is quick. And I missed the ace because that was first. And I skipped right over it. The ace is quick as well. So now you have to do math. No. Do the math. Um, All right, that was fun. Maybe I don't have the updated version of the book, but it says quick for soldier. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm looking at the actual book, so... All right, cool. Great. Wow. <laughs> overruled. I'm just making sure. So, if I have 14 points and there's like four things to split along, mm-hmm. and one of them is five, then the other three are just three, right? So yeah. That, that's how the math works. Yeah, but you can also go uh, one yeah. on, on one of them if you want to split it up a little more. My... This is only for, like, the quick grit, wit, and style. This right. isn't for the subcategories. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was like, ah, uh, mm-hmm. making sure. So if you want your, you know, your quick to be one, then they can bump up something else. But oh, well, only, no, you're down to three. I yeah, can only right. go up to three. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. See? Yep, you're I right. How, I know how to do math. <laughs> I'm just a really well-rounded individual. I say that as I open my calendar on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm doing real great. 
So the next thing we're going to determine our skills, which we just went over. Um, a kid only gets eight skill points. Uh, those in their prime get ten, and those that are grizzled get twelve. And there is also a... Um, let's see, going back to the... This is really great television. Wait, for skills, how many was it? Sorry. For uh, ten. ten for you. For prime? Okay. So um, you do have key skills, too. And basically, you can do a skill uh, without having any points on it. It's just a zero. Mm. Um, and if you're going to use a skill point, you can only use one unless it's a key skill. Okay, so um, the key skills for Ace are Drive, Shoot, and Stunt. Mm. Let me make sure I know what the cap is on the skills. I apologize. I've been running Highcaster so much that I'm like trying to remember my own rules. <laughs> wow, what a drop! <laughs> <laughs> Impressive, sir. Impressive self. I got so more where that comes from. So, like so Chris, if I'm in Crone, then I can cast. <laughs> <laughs> what phase are we no, in? Because no. if it's on a waxing. Oh, you're gonna mess me up. <laughs> I only have so much RAM, you know, in my brain. I can't store all of this. Do we need to do an upgrade? Like <laughs> I do. I'll put, it, I'll put in an IT request for a RAM upgrade. <laughs> Requisition. I would love a RAM upgrade. That'd be great. I found I found some degradation as I got older. All right. Uh, so. We were doing skills, and I was trying to look at... All right, so we have our archaeologist, doctor. So the journalist's professional skills are sway, trick, and fix. Okay, so those can all go up to what? Those can go up to three. Okay. And then... The soldier, fight, endure, and shoot... And the spy, fight, stunt, and trick. Okay. So we just have we have ten points to distribute and key skills go up to three, the rest go up to two? They're only oh, one. one. Yeah. Okay. One or nothing. My brain. These little fiddly bits in year zero, but this is about as crunchy as it gets. And what's the max for attributes? Uh, five if it's a key attribute. Okay. Otherwise, it's three. Otherwise, three. Kind yeah. of. So the way the stats are going to work, while you're figuring out, figuring that out, is you're going to have one six-sided die for your attribute and one for your skill. Or, uh, well, one per number. So if your stats are three, you get three die. If your skill are two, you get two, and that would be a five die pool. And you're trying to get a six on a success. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. No phases. There's no crone mother maiden. Is anyone? 
else good at driving? <laughs> Are you? Okay. <laughs> if it drives, I can. <laughs> In game. In game. Very important. Now, how are you with horses? I'm great at horsepower, so. <laughs> yeah, Not but like, problem. how many horsepower? <laughs> well, we're old to find out, I guess. Six horsepower. Six horsepower. Cool. <laughs> I thought you said force powers for a second, and I was like, oh, "Okay, Star Wars." That's is that's back. the season reveal at the end. Yeah. <laughs> you force connect to horses. Yes, just horses, though. Yeah. Nothing else. Uh, next, we're going to figure out talents. We'll just go one by one. Everybody gets a talent according to their profession. Uh, so, Ace, uh, you can get a talent for uh, whenever you use a skill uh, to do something that's life threatening. You will get a hero die, which is another six-sided die you can add for that moment. Uh, you could, or there's choices, or uh, if you're doing something out of the ordinary while uh, operating a vehicle, you're able to to do it without using drive. So, in other words, you can use different attributes to drive with if you're doing something weird with it, right? <laughs> so, like savvy, tricking somebody else to drive. I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> or savvy would know how to drive, but anyway. I have um, to talk someone else piloting the plane from their control tower. Right, That's that would count. That. Right. <laughs> so um, the other choice you have is that you do not need a you do not roll luck dice when you have uh, you are in a dangerous event by using a skill of talent. So the luck mechanic uh, is a tracker. So whenever you uh, incur more luck, uh, you you can run out of luck eventually, but you get more dice in your pool when you do it. So what this is saying is you don't have to take that risk. You're just mm. lucky in this. Okay. So. Um, so those are your choices on talents. Okay. Um, can you read me that last one one more time? So when you do a dangerous stunt by using a skill or talent, um, you don't stunt. have to roll the luck even if you've accrued it. Dangerous stunt or life-threatening. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, dangerous stunts. All right. So that'll incentivize you to do dangerous stuff. We have uh, a soldier. Okay, so your choices are you get the hero die whenever you lead or command a combat situation. Or uh, you can give another player a hero die if they do what you say during a combat situation. Or you don't roll luck when you are under threat of lethal violence. So that means you don't have to use the luck tracker. You can just roll. I will do the last one. Okay. So when you're under threat of lethal violence, you don't roll luck die, even if you've accrued luck. Spy. The spy, uh, your talents, you can know three additional languages of your choice. That's one. Or you get a hero die whenever you act like someone you're not. It's really tempting. Yeah. <laughs> or you have high-ranking contact in a government of your choice. Oh. I feel like choice. I want to stay away from too much of the political stuff of this era, so I'm kind of between the first two. Like, it might be helpful to have someone who knows how to translate languages. It also might just be fun to pretend I'm not the same person. <laughs> um, you, can, you can bet that we're going to be in Arab-speaking countries. Um, I, I, but I can't really guess where else. So whatever languages you choose, 
will have to inform our game, at least to an extent. Which also might be a fun lever you can pull. I'm like, at this point, <laughs> I'm like, in this area, French would probably be very helpful. Uh, yeah, some form of Arabic. Uh, probably someone who understands hieroglyphs. Mm. Yeah, that, that feels helpful. Yeah, yeah, especially since our, our opening screen had hieroglyphs on it. Yeah. <laughs> but have you considered that you could just like be best friends with Eleanor Roosevelt? You could just be like, oh, you, oh, Ellie, how you doing? Oh. oh no, you mean best friends? Best. Mm. You could best be friends. best friends. Mm. Yeah. Oh no, that's too good. I ha- oh mm. crap. <laughs> that's spicy. I'm glad Why I'm not making this, this choice. To me? <laughs> How dare you? Well, this is why we invite her. I feel like I have to go with that. <laughs> you had thought so hard about your languages, and I was like, I'm just going to make this joke, and then we'll go ahead. And now you're Eleanor Roosevelt's lover, and it's wonderful. Yep, doing it. I have Eleanor Roosevelt as my contact. All right, done. So we have to bring the Roosevelts into this. Journalist, I did skip one, sorry. Thank you. You get an additional hero die whenever you use a skill to uncover the truth about something. Okay. Uh, you have a high-ranking contact in an organization of your choice. <laughs> Paybacks. <laughs> blithe. Uh, your media outlet has a good stipend, which you can draw money from. You can okay. get another piece of gear once per session. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Uh Gosh, I think um, I think I got it. I think I got to do the. Uh, yeah, I I just I I think I got to do the 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 that I have money. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that would be okay. fun to be like yeah, my media outlet. Uh, my media outlet is myname.com. <laughs> <laughs> my media outlet is Christopher dot world. Um, <laughs> all of the Christophers, all yeah. of them. All of them that were born in the mid to late seventies. So every last one. Get my media outlet. Okay, I can get additional gear once per session. And there is a a mechanic about money, which is sort of an abstract, but that does mean you get more gear. Or if you're in a situation where uh, we need a plane to get us from Sri Lanka to wherever. Mm-hmm. Funny that we have a bureau in Sri Lanka, so yeah. we can. How often do I get to wear, like, fabulous outfits? Uh, as often as you want. Okay, as often as is Perfect. necessary. Wonderful. I think in canon, every time you pass through a doorway, it should be a different <laughs> outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me just slip into something more comfortable. <laughs> like, we just wa- we're just going to, like, the lobby now. <laughs> Right, it'll be so. like in a pyramid, and it will be like, oh, let me change. And it'll be like, How, where do you keep these clothes? Well, I have to wear the pumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too much sand. Uh, oh, boy. We're going to hear that accent, aren't we? I once ran a Call of Cthulhu on this network uh, where everybody was playing on a Hollywood studio Uh-oh. in the 1930s, and every last one of the people at that table... We're talking like this, like Catherine Hepburn. Ambition. All right, that's our next thing. See how I went back to... Adventuring is not for everyone. Go to the far reaches of our world, to uninhabitable and hazardous locations, far from civilization's safety. Why do you do that? 
Now, you come up with an ambition. Uh, this is the reason you are doing what you're doing. And that is something that you can use mechanically once per session to automatically succeed on a roll. So if your ambition is to forget the past, right, as an example, um, then, you know, I am going to swing on this vine across this pit trap because I'm trying to get away from my past. <laughs> it's a terrible example. But you get the point. <laughs> then you could automatically succeed. So uh, that's what ambition is used for. Now, you're not locked into ambition. Like something changes in your character in the session. Uh, as part of the in-game mechanics, you can change up your ambition. So who wants to go first? I think for me it's something along the lines of I want to make sure I can deliver the undeliverable to places where people have never been or fear to go. For personal so something, something needs to be delivered. I want to be... I want to make sure if something needs to be there, it will be there as long as I'm involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. So commitment to the trade, maybe. Yeah. Like, absolute. Like, it will get there. And so if you're in a situation where your commitment to the trade can be woven in, you can get a free roll. If we're all cool with that. That's kind of my concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to do the classic journalism thing of um, uh, afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted with the added look stylish doing it. Um. Capital I intrepid. (laughs) (laughs) What are you thinking? I was thinking maybe something about personal freedom because he was trapped in the trench. He was trapped in, or he was trying to get away from having to live like that normal life. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to just think of a phrase to go with it, but it's going to be about his personal freedom. Yeah, that's good enough. Yeah. I'm trying to think, because I'm like, there are a lot of reasons people become spies. And I was kind of thinking of a similar thing of, like, trying... Basically, like, there aren't a lot of options in this world, and uh, I happen to be good at this thing. So now I'm doing this thing. Um, because like, the ones from the book are like, escape your political situation, uncover truth about an enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't feel like that's why she became a spy. Mm-hmm. It was to um, to excel at what you're good at? To or to like, feel comfortable at what you're... What you're uh, to feel like... to. I'm kind of... This is like leaning a little bit into the idea that in the 1930s, women didn't have a lot of opportunity. So she found something she was good at and was like... I'm going to do this and excel at this. Mm-hmm. And I'm good at being a spy. Uh, so I have a job now and can pay my bills. And travel the world and see things that I might not have been able to see. I feel like she's actually from a very small town. We just don't know what that small town is. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a, I, this is important to know. I'm a reporter for the Bergen County record of Bergen County, New Jersey. <laughs> also extremely hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me write both of those things down. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that'll come back. So I guess like exceed societal... So celebrating the profession? Or just or even like exceeding societal expectations. Mm, there you go. That's great. Now if that does skirt uh, certain issues, uh, we can deal with it at the time, but I think it's fine. All right. 
I don't know who wrote this. The game director has the final say, but they should generally give you the opportunity. <laughs> it's a sentence that does not belong. I need an editor. Uh, anyway, institution. So now we get to decide uh, the meta structure of our gaming group. Uh, and this is an important part because it's going to give us a reason to do these adventures. Uh, so no meeting in a tavern here. We need to have a coordinated purpose, uh, and, and that is because of the institution we work with. Now, this can be a college or university. It can be a museum. It can be an adventuring society. It could be a secret society. It could be a political organization. It could be a news group, um, a nonprofit. What if it's funded by Eleanor Roosevelt? <laughs> 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 it's a project for her secret because there was always like those rubies, rumors of her secret societies. Yeah. And so what if we just lean full force into that and there's a secret society she is running that we are members and of? Eleanor Roosevelt has taken over the culprit ring. <laughs> 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 this is the other New Deal. Now, now this <laughs> this was your boon. That means you'd be sharing it with a group unless you're the gatekeeper to Eleanor. I'm the gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. The gay keeper. <laughs> <laughs> the only one she'll talk to. Or is it sort of, uh, have you been appointed as sort of like the, you deal with them? I, I don't want to... Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you, this is your thing. Right. You handle it. I'll just give you money. I'll fund it. Is everybody in agreement with an Eleanor Roosevelt secret society? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's funny. One of the adventures in the book that Stacey Dorfano wrote um, has a lot of Eleanor Roosevelt in there, so we'll uh, probably mine that adventure. What does she do to you if you call her Eleanor Roosevelt? <laughs> That's for me to know, and for you to never find out. <laughs> okay, so uh, what is the name of this secret society? Eleanor's Angels. Eleanor's what? Eleanor's Angels. At least Ellie's Angels. <laughs> I'm writing it down unless somebody vetoes. I feel like I'm mad at it, but I also love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eleanor's Angels. We have to at this point. Yeah. And what is the purpose of Eleanor's Angels? Unless someone else wants to. I'm thinking it's like. It's about the pursuit of knowledge. It's about finding out more about the world and understanding it better. Um, and finding cool things, unless someone's got something better. We, ha we have to get... Uh, the, the, the nations of the world are in an arms race to collect powerful artifacts yeah. to face on. You know, we have to collect the most powerful artifacts to uh, stand for uh, truth, justice, America, and queerness. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I could see that too, like about the equality of it all, right? Like if we're able to get these items that she's looking for, then like it'll help level the playing field for everyone. Well, I think uh, I'd like to invert that a bit and say, you know, trying to get the items out of people's hands. Mm -hmm. And um, because there is this arms race going on um, and we have, uh, they're, they're looking at places like the Balkans and, you know, what's the, the way into Sinai and, is, and you know, and so... Um, uh, both the allies and what would become the Axis are, are looking for power. So I could see Eleanor Roosevelt in history saying, no, let's just take that off of the playing field altogether. 
What do you think about that? Chat does suggest that it is Eleanor Roosevelt's personal uh, group that is just trying to help her achieve immortality. <laughs> 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 is it bad? But I like I like what we pitched here. So yeah, I, I'm into this idea of doing like. Yeah, get get it out get out of the hands of power where it's like we are leveling the playing field by making sure no one else can use these at all, the US included. Yeah. I think especially like we're coming off the heels of the big war mm-hmm. and there's already some rattling that we see going on where like mm-hmm. boys with these toys know. Yeah. yeah. That belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> so do you. All right. Well, that's a good amount of detail, actually. Uh, it's a reason for being. Where is this located? Eleanor Roosevelt, where would she... Would she, she may not operate it out of the U.S. Where were the Roosevelts? Aren't they in, like, Connecticut or something? Uh, FDR was... Um, uh, FDR was uh, the governor of New York before he was the president, and they had, like, a summer home at Saratoga Springs. Mm. So I feel like Saratoga Springs... <laughs> Yeah, let's go with that. All right, now I need to know from everybody how you got wrapped up in all of this. Who wants to go first? No one? All right, I'll point at someone. Joe. Um, I think I'm carrying on a contract that my father had. Um, but I lost my whole family during the war. Hmm. So that contract, that company is all I have left. That legacy is just me now. So wherever you need me to go to keep this contract alive and renewed, I'll go. Mm-hmm. How was that contract? Uh, we're going to need to figure out the power structure here. Since you're the gateway, would she be in charge of the contract? I think so. You okay with that relationship? Okay. And I was thinking for my character too that Blythe would have been somebody that would use him as an asset because, you know, sometimes stuff gets rough and tumble and somebody needs to be able to deal with that. And I think like the whole fighting against the powers is something he would be against because, you know, there was a large family in Europe that basically destroyed Europe. So. Wait, am I Nick Fury? Yeah. It sounds like you are. <laughs> Did I just I went around and found all of you basically. Like I feel like I was hired to protect Eleanor and that's how we started our relationship. Like I was a CIA agent, a CIA agent hired to protect her if the CIA I don't even know if the CIA existed yeah. in the 30s. No, <laughs> not yet. It would have been the, yeah. the, yeah. the office of war, With but I can't remember. All that. Yeah. Yes. So I was a member of that and then was hired to protect her, and then we came up with this initiative. <laughs> the best way to protect Eleanor is to form a shield around the world. <laughs> yeah. And then I went out to find yeah. an unlikely band of people. And we all had solo movies before this. <laughs> yeah. So the audience was aware of yeah. you and your talents. Yeah. And I feel like you forced your way in. Like, you found a way in as a journalist. Yeah, what are you uh, thinking? Absolutely. Um, I think that uh, I did a profile of Eleanor Roosevelt, and I was very scathing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is, you know, she's, she talks well, but she's not helping the people. The people are still striving and frothing at the mouth and caught in the dirt. And Eleanor Roosevelt sits in her tower surrounded by pearls. And then she put <laughs> me on a, a squad with my... Um, life. Tell me if you're okay with this ex-girlfriend I can't stand. 
Do it! <laughs> I'm so okay with this. <laughs> Director Blythe. <laughs> I need to go. I'm also, I am thinking of naming her Scarlet because I feel like it's a Scarlet O'Hara joke and a Scarlet Johansson mm, joke. Yeah, it's a, do, it's a twofer. Yep. Yeah. And a Scarlet Widow joke. Yeah. Just Scarlet Widow. Scarlet. Uh, Eleanor's Angels led by. What's it like? I can't remember. The War Department had like a division that we could use, but that would be your formal position. So you're an American spy. Are you okay with that? As far as you know. Uh. <laughs> as long as Eleanor is American. <laughs> as far as you know, that's where I'm from. I could have changed allegiances. Yeah. yeah I, so I, just, I just want to note I'm delighted Chad is sharing Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> 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 to establish uh, Valkyll Industries with Cook. Diggerman and Carolina Davis. We have some. Uh, of course, this is James. He always has all the trivia. <laughs> uh, okay, cool, good stuff. Franklin was not in favor of his wife becoming a pilot. <laughs> oh, uh, thank you, OSS. That was what I was trying to remember. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Chat. Uh, CIA was founded in 1947 or somewhere around then. Language. Now we're off to boring stuff again. Everybody gets uh, a fluency and literacy in their native language. Uh, you may also know other languages because of your profession, if that came up. Great. Uh, so that's that's that, that's kind of boring and anticlimactic. Uh, let's look at relationships. <laughs> that's a little more interesting. Um, so there is an assumption that you are already connected to each other. Um, the professions have questions that you can ask. I can ask them for you to help figure out how you are related. So we'll start with the ace. Uh, actually, why don't I just give you the book and you can decide what to read. Uh, relationships, okay. So, who do I feel the need to impress? Um, I think so far going into it, I, I, I need to impress the director of our Ellie's Angels, um, because I think she's the person that can really make my endeavor official, like, federalized. Unless anyone else ha thinks they have an idea for that, for who I need to impress. It makes sense to me. Everybody wants to impress the director. Yeah. Um, and then the next one I is... Don't. <laughs> well, uh, before we move on to the next one, can you give us an example of something you have done to impress her uh, and maybe did not succeed at? I think I'm constantly trying to anticipate her needs and overdoing it. Oh. Like, I, she probably doesn't need all of this, and it's probably more annoying that I keep doing it, but in my mind, it's like, well, she hasn't said no, so I must not have found the right measure of what I need to do for the best quality service I can render. I'm picturing a cut scene of like a cargo plane, you know, <laughs> with like the, the straps against the wall and everybody's sort of huddled on and it's cold yeah. and you come over with some tea. Yeah, I, <laughs> trying I, to put some milk in. I personally, on me. <laughs> I personal tea service to every passenger on my cargo plane. 
and I've set up an autopilot system for that, so I can take take notes, ask how they're doing, <laughs> and check in. Have that personal touch, I think, is really important. Did you name your character Fred? Did no, this, okay. I, 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 I didn't, but that might be a reveal. I was trying to, oh, I want to write down each relationship, so I want to write um, down everyone's names. I'm going with, I go by Barry for now. Barry? Yes, Bartholomew. And there's always a comment card after every mission. <laughs> and there's, there's five questions, and it's always the same questions, and I'm very adamant about collecting them. We know that you have a choice of contracting with other cargo ships or your uh, cargo planes you for your... I want you to know that I really value your, your decision and choice to stay with me, your trusted carrier, through these troubled times. <laughs> You'll get there safely. Tell a friend. Great. Do you um, have any other questions? Yeah, you my ask? other one would be, uh, who is the only one who is more amazing than me? Um, At their job, probably, given your yeah, caveat. Yeah. I feel like, in character, my answer is always going to be the director. Um, but but I think mechanically, like, I'm, I'm not a... I'm not great on land. Like, if there's a hot situation... I can get you out, but I can't fight. Mm -hmm. I'd rather not. So, looking at the soldier, I think that's a skill set I will never have to stay in a place when it gets heavy. And I, I think I, I try to make you aware of how much I appreciate that, but like too often, and and too too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then my last question is, who who is always in my way? Which Emily, if you if you feel okay with that, I think I think there's some fun dynamic there of like yeah yeah no that 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 works. Maybe right? there's like a line of questions that you like to ask or you know you're, maybe you can't fight your way out of a hot situation, but you didn't bring down that pig Mussolini either. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She, I take her criticism like really seriously because she's the only one that gives me honest feedback, or I think is honest feedback. Okay, I like that. And that's All right. me. All right. Let's see what's next in the alphabet. I'm terrible. I still have to do the alphabet song. Journalist. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh... Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Okay. If you have other questions, you no, are welcome to ask them. That's fine. Um, I've already constructed an elaborate <laughs> backstory. Who are you not interested in socializing with, but you have to get close to for work? I mean, obviously. On brand. By the way, who is my wife to you? She's someone that you really cared about, and now. Um. um she was my best friend, okay. and we were dating, mm. and okay. I introduced you to her. Mm. Okay. And um, now she regrets it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now Man. I don't have a girlfriend. Well, I, I have a girlfriend. But I don't have. I have an ex-girlfriend and an ex-best friend now. Ooh. So you're okay. You're, you're um. Your wife is uh, your boss's ex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, who is an amazing help and resource? Um, I could see either of the other two of you being that. 
Um, I think I am going to say uh, it, it's it's you, uh, Eli, um, that you you've gotten me out of many a jam because you know I'm a pretty face. I can't fight my way out of a bunker. Mm-hmm. Um, and who is not upfront with their information is obviously Barry. Barry is not your real name, and I know that. I've found that out, but I'm keeping that to myself. <laughs> I like that. That's perfect. There you are. Right. Nobody who's that concerned with customer feedback and service is on the level. Yeah. <laughs> we have seen this time and time again yeah. with millionaires. All right, soldier. Oh, these are fun. Who do I think is a liability to this mission? Can I say everyone? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I should probably not be on mute. Uh, who, who is a liability to this mission? My first option was everyone. Uh, Emily, is, your, is she more like more of an investigative journalist? Yeah, I, I think that she's a she's a journalist in a movie who where like she does the reporting, but then the end of the piece is like a rousing call to action that topples world governments when mm-hmm. she's like, "Say that's just how it is." Uh, the other stories take two years to develop. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I actually, uh, Stuart's my character's name. We actually think that Barry is the liability uh, because he thinks he's young and a, and a little bit naive. And I'm little, indestructible, right? <laughs> and there's been one too many times where it was like, maybe you should just focus on what you're doing and maybe not what everybody else is doing. Hold on, I'm doing a barrel roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, who do I think is not trustworthy? I might roll a die on this one. Spicy. Is that a spicy? Uh, <laughs> I think Emily is not trustworthy mm. because I think her one of the traits that he admires about her is her ability to tell the truth, and he thinks if this goes sideways, that might come back to bite us. Mm. By the way. Um, uh, my name, my character's name, since I think I'm the only one who has sense, is this Libby Scarsdale um, <laughs> of the Bergen County record, Bergen County, New Jersey. <laughs> Did you say Lippy? Libby. Oh, Libby. Oh, that makes like, more sense. Yeah. My actual IRL wife's name is Libby, and like one of my best friends is named Libby, and I don't know. Just, just there you go. working for you. me. Libby's yeah. good. Represent. And then, whose leadership do you admire? Oh. It's the director. Uh. I like how I made a fucking one-off Eleanor Roosevelt joke. (laughs) And now everybody hates me. (laughs) I'm trying to come up with a cool director last name, too, which is why I'm over here like, what should my last name be? (laughs) It should change every session. (laughs) We'll have a name generator. <laughs> just, just generate a new. It's like I'm, I'm either Scarlet if you're my friend, or the director to you. Like yeah. high-powered people keep recognizing you under different names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That'd be funny. Uh, that's, that's, uh, Agent West. 
suddenly I'm British. It's fine. Um, all right, my questions are, who are you very suspicious of? Ah, uh, the thing is, like, I don't think I'm actually suspicious of you. I know, I'm just mad at you. You know everything about me. <laughs> um, you could trust Libby to be Libby. Yeah, I know, I know, I know what I'm getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm a little suspicious of the ace. Because he's trying way too hard yes. to impress me. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's kind of weird. Because yeah. if he just did his job, I wouldn't care. Right. But, like, I don't know why you keep giving me tea. Are you trying to poison me? Right. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm I'm way... And it's, like, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> like, I go above and beyond every time you're involved. And she's always, like, doing, like, points. She's, like, got, like, a little litmus paper and just, like... Yeah. <laughs> like, does it? Does not trust... You always have four parachutes dedicated to you on every yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. And I don't tell you where all... I only tell you where one of them is. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. have no idea where the other three even come right. from. Um, alright, who's an easy target? Which, <laughs> to me, feels like that's where Libby comes in. Oh. <laughs> I can tell, like, yeah, I know, I know who you are. Yeah. I know what you've done. You, yeah, you know all my dark secrets. Yeah. Best friend stealer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, like, I probably have been keeping tabs on you since we broke up because I'm a s- international super spy. So I'm like, <laughs> what, what, what's she been doing in New Jersey? What articles is she writing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who do you respect? I'm going to say the soldier, which, what is your character's name? Stuart. Stuart. Um, yeah, I think I respect you because you... You know, you you've served some time, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been hard for you. And I respect that you are still here and still fighting a good fight and doing good things. Yeah, I think that goes along the lines. It's like we both have at one point had to obey a master, and we're both kind of bucking that system and doing our own thing. Yeah, yeah. I just wrote Stuart respect. Our <laughs> director respects me. <laughs> 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 All right. Cool. We have at least some um, broad swoops of relationships. Now, is this, since you set this up, uh, did you basically collect everybody all at once, or was this an over period of time and some people are closer to you than others? I think it was over a period of time. Like, I think I started with, okay, I need people who can fight and do things, and probably found Soldier first, and then was like, okay, we're going to need good transportation and reliable deliveries, apparently. And then I found <laughs> you. Um, and today's like, shipping. <laughs> if it absolutely has to be there overnight, I'm your man. <laughs> yep. And then, like, for you, it was kind of a it was kind of a joke, but also kind of a like, I need your investigative journalistic skills. I think I think you told Eleanor you need a journalist, and Did. she picked me. Mm. Because she knew Steal my w- other she knew you wouldn't hook up with me. <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna steal my other girlfriend now. Well, let's just see what happens. <laughs> Get me back to Washington D.C. We'll have a little contest, a little uh, battle of the wits. Very suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Underlined. <laughs> I forgot what game we were playing again. Uh, don't mind me. 
The uh, dice are rolling for no reason. Generating monsters. <laughs> so I'm in Maiden right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh! It's going to mess me up. I already tried to roll a percentile <laughs> <laughs> on a six-only game. All right, so that is 62. Just using some of my many uh, random tables in here. See, and I have, I'm going with this, and I am now just Scarlet the Director, and there's no last name. <laughs> and it's the Life B. Yeah, the, the Director. The Director. <laughs> Can I... Can I come up with your last name and keep it to myself? Yes. Because I would know it. Okay. Yeah. I think you would You would have an idea of who I, who I am. I know your last name. Come on. I think you might even know my hometown. I do. I know everything about you. Well, Barry calls you Miss Director. <laughs> Which, that's such a good pun. <laughs> I didn't get it until you said it. Director. <laughs> Director. That was totally not shade on you, by the way. No, I love this. <laughs> That's Barry's innocence playing him. Do you have an eye patch? I'm, yes, but it switches eyes every time. First, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's to adjust your eye, yes. your vision. Yeah. Yeah. Right, she yeah. has to develop a trust issue first, and then she'll get an eye patch. <laughs> That's a deep cut for the Marvel fans. <laughs> okay. All right. Do you have any questions amongst yourselves about any other details surrounding your character? If not, we'll jump into a cold open. Do we have to determine gear, or do we just know that? Oh, uh, there's a list in the book that you can just write down if it matters. I don't usually care about that kind of stuff. but I have a hat. Yeah. You have, you have stuff that you would reasonably have. Yeah, you're going to have to describe your... Your plane or vehicle? Oh, the painted lady. Yeah, she's a biplane, and she has tattoos and arts for every place I've been on the globe. I, every time I go somewhere new, I'd like to paint her up with a little something new, marking her voyage across the globe. Painted lady, the biplane. So you can fit how many people? Well, I was thinking because <laughs> in the book it said it, it was like probably like a small plane, but if. In this setting, I think it makes sense that it's more of like a cargo. That's what I had in my head, yeah, but yeah. I don't. It, but it, you can also commission those, you know, as needed. You, Eleanor Roosevelt is in I'm charge of this. So. I'm thinking it's one of those um, RAF like carrier type things, but I, I've painted it and customized it. And no, it's, it's got like four propellers on either yeah. side, and yeah, okay, all right. But it can't be Arya. <laughs> Maybe it was. Maybe that's how Eleanor it's got it to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. was a derelict and repurposed. Okay. So, um, uh, the scene opens. Snow. Cold. Alpine. And we know it's Alpine because we see rock outcroppings. And in this snowstorm in the distance, there is the silhouette of a large mountain. Uh, there is uh, an explosion that came out of this mountain, and that is what you are all running from. What exploded? I'll sing it to you. Oh, well, what exploded um, inside the mountain? Um, yeah, well, um, it uh, was 
uh, we were inside an abandoned mine where supposedly um, a piece of the true cross was being held. Uh, and when we saw it and we got to it, it was um, rigged up to blow with uh, what explosives we don't know, but the entire mine collapsed and fire. And so you are all running from that? Yes. So it was a trap that was unleashed out. Uh, trap. What, what did you do to uh, trip the trap? Uh, Stuart. Stuart. I almost said Sean. <laughs> <laughs> what did Stuart do? I think he was a little bit on edge, partially because of the way the cave, the mine was, was reminding him of the fortifications back in the war. Uh, so he was a little bit out of his element, and also Barry was kind of like talking to him <laughs> about... Uh, you know, different ways to like deal with stressful situations. So on one end, he's trying to keep it cool for Barry, but on the other hand, he's also kind of tripping out. And then when he did that, he took one of his guns and just nestled it against the wall. And at that point, it knocked over like a kerosene, and then that started everything. So this was uh, you were recovering a piece of the true cross. Yes, the true cross. So, uh, director. Why was a piece of the True Cross in Nepal? You have the files, right? Yeah, I have the I have the dossier on the whole thing. Uh, a piece of the True Cross was in Nepal because um, a German soldier had managed to recover it and moved it here, thinking it would be secret. But we figured out, we followed his plans and figured out where he was, and we followed him there to get it. But little did we know. It was a trap, and the true cross is not there. So we are still looking for it. <laughs> uh, so this, and this, and there's, there's an explosion. We'll get back to the explosion. But what, what's the significance of the true cross? What does it? What, what power does it give to, to whoever uses it? Allegedly, I'm like, uh, we're not we're not entirely sure yet. There's been so many different things. Like it will make you immortal. It will make you invincible. It will make you all-powerful and able to command people. And then there's, like, little bits and pieces here and there. The most we think that will happen is it will make you um, Im- invincible for a short period of time. It'll make, you, like, bullets and things bounce off you. Okay. All right. Sweetheart, it's not going to do anything. Your girlfriend just wants to have it in her house. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're waiting by the plane, which you have... Nestled into uh, the the banks of these mountains. Yes. And there's an explosion, and your colleagues are running for it. Who's chasing them? That they may not even be aware of this. Um, I think it's a a collection of um, like Arctic wolves and <laughs> men dressed in what look like military fatigue gear, but of unknown nationality. Wow. All right. So when Heraclius, Heracles, the emperor, brought the true cross to Constantinople, um, what did, do you remember reading about that happened that was miraculous? Well, they say that he placed it in a pool and everyone who came to the pool would be healed if they stepped into the pool. But, I mean, that's just mineral water for you. Mineral water has many medicinal purposes. It was simply a coincidence. This is just a vanity project on the part of Eleanor Roosevelt. So there was no miracle. Last I checked, darling. 
you ain't no medical doctor. You don't know shit about mineral water. So, um, there is a bunch of gunfire coming from behind you as the uh, mountain is collapsing under the weight of whatever this trap was. Um, uh, let's see, what, what do you do to get them off of your trail? I'm pointing to Stuart. Stuart, what do I do to get them off my trail? I think that we're being chased, but also the people that are chasing us also need to run because there's an avalanche. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, so there is a part, like, they need to save their own hide while we need to save their own hide. So it's, there's probably fighting back and forth, but there's everybody's always just kind of, like, looking back at the oncoming avalanche as we all kind of run down. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, there's an avalanche coming. Um, what, what, what do you do to... Uh, get everybody away from the avalanche or to maybe dim the tide? Um, I start up the painted lady and the engines roar to life and I, I'm positioning her so that I'm f I'm taxiing away from the avalanche but like in line so that people can start running up the ramp and I'm taking off ahead of it. Okay. Thank you for making more noise <laughs> during an avalanche. Thank you. I appreciate your comment as always. Thank you. <laughs> what did Barry screw up about this maneuver? We're not on the plane. <laughs> Mr. Rector, I hope you find... Uh, Mr. Rector? <laughs> Everyone, uh, hold tight. We have to make an emergency stop. There will be some turbulence. Uh, if you subscribe to a god, now would be a good time to... <laughs> be saying your prayers. Thank you very much. Please note this on your comment cards. And here we go. And I'm cutting the engines way too hard, way too fast, because I realize I, we, I've left my cargo behind in my excitement. <laughs> so, um, did you have something you want to add? No. Yeah. So the, uh, the painted lady is kind of uh, getting off into the storm, and it looks like it's sort of drifting back into the avalanche. Um, they, uh, the people that are pursuing you are now um, maneuvering around, and they're going, going up to high ground. Mm -hmm. So um, what, what do you do to get control of the situation again, Director Scarlett? Sorry, you said high ground. <laughs> My brain. <laughs> <laughs> of the high ground. <laughs> I am... Um, uh, you know, our getaway has, A, just left us, and B, is turning back into the avalanche. So I am immediately grabbing them and hijacking another plane from one of our enemies. So we're having a cool fight sequence and uh, stealing their plane, because we... Why? I, why well, I don't know where the painted lady is going. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to work extra hard to make up for this one to Mr. Director. <laughs> so, uh, who uh, did you notice during this fist fight around another, I suppose it would be a single propeller plane? Mm -hmm. Who did you notice is carrying what looks like a, a Catholic relic box strapped to his back? One of the wolves. Oh, they one of the wolves. Tied it to is. one of the wolves. Mm. Yeah. The whatever whatever these people have done, they've trained these wolves, and like one of them, one of them has the thing and is just bounding off into the snow. 
So. All right. What do you do about that? Gosh, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go in hot pursuit of this wolf. Um, yeah, I'm wearing my pumps. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Libby is racing through the snow towards a mm-hmm. wolf. Um, and uh, what do you do to help her? Uh, there is probably a motorbike with like a sidecar on it. Mm-hmm. So he goes and jumps on that, and there is like some sort of gun on the side. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that he comes in, swoop, they swoop in, she gets on the gun, doesn't really know how to use it, but there's a lot of bang, 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 and the wolf is still running. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're chasing after the wolf. There's a chase going on, there's a, a fight over this plane. Um, can you describe this fight a little bit so we can have a visual? Yeah, so I, I snuck on the plane because they, they're thinking they can get away in this moment and I am just very stealthily start taking them out one by one. But then the pilot notices me and tries to like wrestle me and I take him down. With uh, I do like that move where I, like, I do the thigh thing and I like, wrap around him and take him down. My favorite. And then I, I'm going to start flying the plane low so that I can follow this this and this because I'm like okay uh, so I'm flying this plane kind of low trying not to trying not to like crash it but also trying to get my uh, comrades here on the plane alright let's go back to this plane now it's drifting into the avalanche how do you recover uh, the plane's it was out of control how do you recover that and, 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 and are you able to divert the avalanche or do something to stop that impending danger I think I, I find a way to ride, like, like almost kissing the avalanche, but like just staying ahead of it, and it's almost pushing me forward a little bit. And I'm, I'm borrowing that momentum mm-hmm. to gain altitude and gain mobility. Um, and what it looks like is I've, I don't have a co-pilot, so I've got my my leg on the other, <laughs> other side, and I'm piloting both like sides of it and trying to jigger and 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 flip switches, but. It seems like I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Well, it works, right? I think you might be muted. And then all of that was said off mic, so um, <laughs> we heard it. What we I, heard I, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm skirting the avalanche forward uh-huh. and uh, using the momentum. Using of that the momentum. Okay, uh, and and so and you kind of see the chase happening over here. Uh, another plane is in motion. Um, so I don't know what's next. What happens next? Who wants to take it? By the way, this is a cold open, and the way this works is uh, the players basically have complete narrative control because it's a scene that has no significance whatsoever to the rest of the story. So we're just gonna we're just using this as an opportunity to show what you're like and give you a little chance to sort of get into the character's shoes. Uh, Stuart, you fought a wolf before, right? Many a times. Yes. <laughs> Inside check. Uh, so, so yeah. Okay. So you fought a wolf before. You you fought hand to hand combat against a wolf. I mean, it didn't really go too well, but you know, I'm still here. We need to stop that wolf, and if some of the myths are true, he might be invincible. So I need you to do that, and I'm going to take care and get the thing off his back, and then we're going to get into the plane that director has grabbed, and then we're going to somehow save the boy. I don't know. <laughs> he goes, look over there. See that cliff. Shoot that! Shoot that rock right there! And he points like a bunch of rocks to shoot to tr- stop the wolf to land in front of the wolf to get it to stop. Okay. Well, um, um, yeah, Libby is uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, ready to do that. Um, she does not have shoot as a skill, but let's say she just gets it. I mean, it's a big rock. You can't miss mm-hmm. a big rock. Well, what kind of, I mean, is she just, does she have like a weapon on her? Or there's a gun on the, there's a gun on the Oh, on the sidecar. On the sidecar. Okay, yes. so you're just going to take the sidecar gun. Yeah, just go, ah, yeah, <laughs> mm, yeah. Just shoot, accidentally shoots down somebody else's plane. <laughs> That's what hits the rock. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what hits the rock. Yeah. I was <laughs> There's a Wilhelm scream accompanied. Yeah. <laughs> so there is now a rock avalanche happening. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you do to get the director out of imminent danger of getting crushed by this rocks as her plane is the going too low? The lady is going to now use that momentum and do Tokyo Drift <laughs> and try to like... Like fishtail the the avalanche away, like trying uh-huh. to like rechannel the, the flow of that. And so the avalanche kind of misses the plane, and then the plane goes, uh, and and so now there is a big pile of rubble in front of the wolf, who is sort of like pacing back and forth, and turns around and does what? Who's there? I guess that's you, Stuart. I think he positions the sidecar like he does like another Tokyo drift. <laughs> Because hashtag family, um, he spins it to a way that uh, Libby is facing the wolf, but it kind of ejects him off the off the bike to be able to get into combat with the wolf. Uh-huh. Um, he respects wolves, so he doesn't want to kill it. So he's trying to figure out a way to not hurt it, but then he finds out it is invincible. So there's this freeze frame. And we suddenly kind of go old pulp cover, where uh, Stewart is there, his shirt is torn, biceps going in the snow, and he grabs the wolf, and the wolf is narrowing back. And that moment happens. What's next? I'm going to jump on back of this wolf. Okay. And yeah, just, uh, uh, Stuart, I got you now. In case this wolf is invincible, I'm going to get this off of him. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, Libby's handled many a snarling beast before. So, um, she, uh, (laughs) she pulls off her pump and she starts just bashing at whatever this container is. And like, actually she notices like the lock is just right. So she can pick it with her shoe. Oh yeah. Which is what she does. And it flips open and here's this piece of the true cross and she flips it to Stuart just in case it's invincible. Just in case it'll make you invincible. So um, there are bogeys on your tail, mm-hmm. uh, director, <coughs> and then I guess on yours as well. So the two of you are suddenly involved in a dogfight. You don't know where these planes are coming from. You're characterized as who? Germans? I think they were nationally ambiguous, but they're uh-huh. probably of the. I do believe we mentioned Germany. The, yeah. the yeah. initial guy with the initial guy with the true cross stuff was German. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys were not sure if they're with him or against him, or we're not sure who they are. Yeah. They're the Cobra equivalent in this. Like, yeah. I think we found him dead and no sign of the cross, and that's why we're like this was a bust. But now, oh, sign of the cross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I think it should be from like a, a secret country, like a Shangri-La, or mm-hmm, a, you know, mm-hmm. it's trying to keep people out. Yeah. It's just like we've got these wolves. Mm-hmm. It was the, the the one in the Marvel universe that Doctor Doom was like that one? Oh, yeah. Some like ambiguously Eastern European. Latveria. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, so there's a dog fight. 
happening now. I want to know what you do uh, to get the bogey off of your tail, and I want to hear the same thing from you on the other bogey. But uh, director first. Well, I start by doing a really cool barrel roll, and I manage to flip myself around and start shooting them with the guns on the front of the plane, and I'm taking them out. Like, I'm, it, this looks awesome. I'm sitting there like, all right, got to flip around, doing a thing, and then just shooting all of these guys with my plane. And we don't see uh, the, the, the shooting or the planes. We just see you, right? And, yeah. and then you're just doing the... And then later they go, boom, you know, yeah. on the mountainside. What, what about you? So you? the painted lady, uh, now gaining altitude, speeds up, um, overshoots, and it's like, oh, he's, like, leaving? He's leaving everyone behind? But no... He's getting above the enemy bogeys, opens the rear cargo chute, because during that fishtail, I scooped up a whole chunk of that avalanche. And now I'm just raining down avalanche ice onto all the enemy planes. So uh, you now have the box. Mm -hmm. What happens next? I think you have the cross. Yeah, Yeah. I have the cross. I opened that box. It's just a box now. Yeah, she just tossed you a box. A very ornate box with gold leaf, um, you know, the the 14th century sort of like uh, Renaissance, not Renaissance, 13th, what, is, what did I say, 14th? Uh, so like knights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess it would be like sort of a Knights Templar maybe yeah. kind of design. I think he's and there's a snarling wolf. Able to kind of go against what he thinks and he knocks out the wolf. And then as I'll figure out which pilot goes flying by to like kind of like co-sign on the invincible thing, the plane is going at a speed that a human can't grab it, but he's able to like latch it with his shoulder and grab uh, Livy at the same time and just kind of like hold on to the plane that normally would rip his arm off. It's her plane. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that normally would um, would kill somebody just due to the inertia, and that he's able to stay alive with because of the the piece of the cross, and then hold on to Libby, and then get us into the plane. Makes sense to me. Took you long enough to get here. <laughs> and one thing I want to say, I don't know if this is the mood of the game, but I really want like any kind of vehicle stuff to be like uh, models, <laughs> like kind of like. You know, like low like end miniatures. Yeah, like miniatures, like with the dog fight, have been like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we have two planes above the uh, damage below in Nepal, um, and they, do you just go off? Um, I think I think there's a system worked out where Barry will will fire a green flare into the horizon indicating where the, the meetup point is going to be, like where we're going to regroup. What did you do to lose the cross on the way? Oh, we've, we've lost it. Yeah, hmm. you can't. It's one of the rules of the cold open. You can't well, keep the artifact. see, the last night I was visited in my dreams by an oracle. She's a tall blonde woman who speaks to me in riddles. And she said to me, Player's going to play, 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 play. <laughs> Hater's going to hate, 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 hate. I'm just going to shake, 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 shake. Shake it off. And I was like, well, we got to shake off this cross. This isn't right. This isn't what we should be doing. So I just threw it out because the oracle told me to. So there's this 
the true cross. We're not talking like a cross. This is like a splinter, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the wilderness of Nepal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never to be discovered again. Yeah. Listen, it was all it was all a fake. Also, this may be my subconscious because uh, uh, Scarlet's girlfriend really wanted this cross, and I like making everybody a little, uh, little, little saucy about that. So, yeah. So, uh, Scarlet, what does this do for the mission? Well, naturally, once we get back to our home base in Nepal, I have to find a phone and immediately call Eleanor and give her the disappointing news. And you can hear briefly from... They can hear briefly, like, muffled noises of me being like, I know, doll, I lost it, I'm so sorry. It was all... I know who it was, I know what to do. That Yeah, I'll take care of it. Was that your great aunt? That wheezy old bat? If you need to know, that was our boss, disappointing that we lost the cross. So it was your great aunt. Okay, I get it. You are in the muddy, snowy streets Why of some village. Why would you just throw it out? <laughs> she told me to. Oh yeah, the blonde girl in your dream. She told you to just throw out the cross. Okay, well, if if... The Germans, or any of the bad Axis powers that don't exist yet, but will be, <laughs> um, find it. This is on you. I threw it into a crevasse. I, it's, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's in a crevasse. They can't get it there. They're all just Germans. You know, they don't like to climb mountains. That's right, right? They like to eat sausage, drink beer. That's what they like there in Germany. I'm putting you on Painted Lady cleaning duty for the last, like, next, like, month for this. I'm not going to do that. She could use it. <laughs> Uh, uh, Barry walks in with a trembling like tray, and there's like a tea set, um, and he's he walks right up to Miss Director, and he without even asking he kind of like pops open the legs on the tray, sets it down, begins to try to, and like the the cargo plane has been set to like a, an auto drift mode, um, so there's like a lurching in the engines now and then, but he just kind of is focused on pouring the tea and uh, how many sugars. Barry. I'm, I'm gonna need sorry, something. I should be remembering two. Yes, forgive me. Uh, two. Sugars. She walks over to her like cabinet and just pulls out alcohol and pours herself a wi- like a whiskey on the rocks and just starts sipping it. I uh, took the liberty of, of pre-warming your seat. I did have to scoop up some ice. I hope the Barry. experience hasn't soured you on the continuing contract of my service to your... Co- uh, Barry. What a- yes, ma'am. Make sure you don't forget us again. I wouldn't dream of it. Uh, my apologies. Also, fix up that other planks. Now we got two planks. Uh, there is the small matter of the comment card underneath the tea set. W- when you can, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Uh, uh, she sips her whiskey and just looks. You really think I'm going to give you a good comment today? I ask only an honest comment, ma'am, that I can best serve you. Okay. Well, like I said, you two. On plane cleaning duty, make sure the other plane is still operating. Because now we got two planes, we can use that. As you wish. And she doesn't take the tea. <laughs> she just sips her whiskey like, I don't trust that. 
Uh, I look at Libyan. Well, I, I, I hope you're familiar with how to scoop out uh, detritus and perhaps birds out of the fuselage. There happen to be some stragglers, I'm afraid, uh, in our engine. That would be a great service. We will get to that right away. Uh, there is also the comment card for you, which I know, based on our history, you've always been very forthcoming with your comments. And I just wish you to know that that is always appreciated, that your honesty means more to me than anything else. Uh, uh, when you're ready, I shall be meeting you outside for our mandated work. I'm not doing any of that. That's Very not well. happening. I'm not doing any of that. I will perhaps, when I write about this for the Bergen County Record, briefly mention a young pilot who flew us around somewhat effectively. I take that as an opportunity to better myself. Thank you. So how did they find this piece of the cross if there was no real maps or legends directing it to Nepal? That's the concern, isn't it? Sure is, boss. That's what we're here to find out. Now that we don't have the cross, we can't fit. All we have is a dead German and no cross pieces. Listen, the oracle's never led me wrong. You know the oracle's never led me wrong. You know the oracle has never led me wrong. Oracle may just steal my best friend. So you have some tea. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Uh, uh, how many sugars? Uh, just straight. Very well. Uh, would you like me to read? He turns his back and just kind of starts sipping. Understood. Um, there is also the small matter of the comment card. <laughs> so um, you end up in your safe house with two planes. Uh, where is the safe house? Are we still in Nepal? I, I mean, yeah, I think we set something up in Nepal while we were looking for the cross, so mm -hmm. this is our Nepal safe house. Yeah, it has, like, the one runway, yeah. uh, the one barrack, and then, you know, the weather vane or whatever, that tower that's always there. And then I have, like, a tent I've set up to myself, so I can be away from things okay, when I need is, to. This is the Bergen County Records Kathmandu Bureau. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Of course the it is. The prestigious Kathmandu Bureau. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, who is the one person that works there that has to keep the lights on and off? Uh, the one person who works in the Bergen County Records Kathmandu Bureau is, uh, his name is Stanley Levitz, and uh, he uh, is a sports reporter who covers uh, the NBA, but also he covers matters of Nepalese politics. So, like, it is really inconvenient for him because he has to, like, sit there and, like, listen to the Knicks game, which is probably in, like, the middle of the night, and I haven't done the time own math, but yes. Those are his two beats, the New York Knicks and Nepalese politics. <laughs> well, for, for did Stanley. Did the Knicks exist? In the, they did in this universe. Yes. They did in this Of course universe. they did, because humor. I was, for a minute, I was thinking you would go um, NBA being the Nepalese Bureau of Athletics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he also covers that. Like, <laughs> he covers all Nepalese matters. Yeah. And the New York Knicks. Yeah. Like, that's the important <laughs> yeah. part. Yeah. <laughs> the New Jersey outlet. Okay. <laughs> he told them the NBA. So they're like, yeah, the Knicks. He's like, no. Not the... Not the okay. I will. So the... Um, the plane is marked from, uh, I guess we need to come up with this, this ambiguously Eastern European country. Do we say Latveria? <laughs> Estonita? I don't know. Unless, unless the chat has uh, anything they'd like to add to that. Barovia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, we should look at the chat more often. These people are funny. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't just for us. This isn't just our own. The, the, uh, the, the NBA was not started until 1946, but in this world, the New York Knicks existed. They didn't play anybody, but they were very important. They're really yeah. good at practicing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've decided the NBA is the Nepalese Bureau of yeah. Athletics. Athletics. Yeah. And but. they like, they really like the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> That's just. Yeah. <laughs> the New York Knicks are an expansion, American, an American expansion. Yeah. <laughs> You're the American franchise yeah. of the Nepalese team. <laughs> All right. So La- this is, uh, Laverio is behind us. Mm-hmm. We're going with, I think that's the one in uh, the Marvel Universe, but that's okay. We won't use Dr. Doom. Um, but Latveria was behind this, and so, uh, as we all know, Latveria is always looking for ways to uh, get in on the good powers of the world. And so they were clearly trying to uh, to get this, this splinter of invisibil- invincibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so that's you, you can divine that from the plane. But what's your next course of action here, Director? Well... First, I'm calling it in for the night to like get us some rest. We've had a lot of ha- we've had a lot of excitement for one night, but for her, rest means like she's got maps out and she is like, okay, we dropped the cross here. This is a Latvian plane, like, and she's just kind of trying to connect the dots from that German soldier who stole the cross to the, how Latveria also found out about it and is trying to see if they have a, we have a mole in the OSS that may have leaked some information. Because there's no way anyone could have known about this, and there's no way Latveria could have been after this without our sources. So I am now trying to figure out who could have leaked information. So you are about to figure that out, but what does Barry do to ruin everything? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we I, I think there's like a soft fade, and it goes from the director's like wall of like intricate wa- like plot points and information, mm-hmm. and you know all the that layout and we we soft fade into Barry's version which is I served her tea at 7 a.m. and forgot the sugars then now if I remember to serve it earlier but remember the sugars and he's just doing all this mental calculation and then he he realizes <gasps> and he looks over to the side and there there were linens that he had set aside to already have in the director's tent and they're not and so he's late Again, and so he like scrambles. He grabs those linens. He just like barges into the director's tent and um, does something horrible with something in the room. Um, maybe he trips over an oil lamp. Oh no! Yep, you trip over an oil lamp and set my maps on fire. Uh, and she just turns and stares. Water now. It appears you will not be needing more warmth tonight. I am very sorry. Fetching water. <laughs> and she, like, is going over to get some, like, blankets and snuff it out before it... That's an you oil fire, close. so water would actually be a bad idea. But, whatever! <laughs> you were this close. So what, what does Stuart what do to kind of um, allow Barry to keep his position with the organization? Because the next words are out of your mouth or you're out, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> I'm just uh, guessing. Director turns and is like, Barry, as soon as we get back home, you're fired. Pun intended. Uh, 
I was Stuart heard the commotion after he was cleaning out the airplane because he knew nobody else was doing <laughs> it, and he was too consumed with her. And he's like, you know what? This does need to be tidy so it actually works. Uh, so he comes in all dirty, smelling the smoke. He kind of busts in. Goes, what happened? Barry, do you care to explain? It appears in my lack of everything, I've made a blunder and must now excuse myself from service. I wish you all well. I hope my service was at least adequate and that you will tell a friend. He getting fired? He set my tent on fire as I was about to make a very important discovery. So yeah, he getting fired. You're just too eager. You really are just too eager, Barry. I apologize. I will. But he's been on a lot of missions with us, and he saved our butts a lot of times. He may be annoying. He may be pushy. And he may really want you to sign too many of those stupid survey cards. But you know what? He really puts his ass out there for us. And not a lot of people will do that. I consider you all family when you're in my care, and perhaps my overzealousness drives me to be more of a liability. And Barry, if, it's, Barry, if that's Barry, the Barry, case, Barry, Barry, Barry. just let her think on it. Let your actions speak for your words. That is a valid point of feedback. Thank you. I shall excuse oh, Barry, myself. Barry. <laughs> so sad. She looks at Stuart. She's like, trying so hard. Because I respect you and your opinion, and I know you're the only one cleaning the plane, even though I told other people to do it, uh, he'll get another chance. But if something like this happens again, you're out. Or like forgetting us during an avalanche. Those things happen again, you're done. Mr. Rector, I swear to you, you will never have occasion to required to speak those words again. If I should fail in my service another time, Barry. you will not find me. I will remove myself, and it will be a finished occasion. I thank you for your consideration. You just remembered it was Barry's birthday. Yes, I did. Um, I'm not going to bring that up, though. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag rude. <laughs> Um, and it's actually, she's like, oh, I say Barry. Uh, yes, miss. I hope you're having a nice day. No reason. Well, thank you so very much. It's, it's good to... Is today, is today anything important to you? Oh, you mean it's Nepalese Independence Day? Yes, of course it is. Yes, of course. That must be it. Yes, that's what I thought you were thinking of. Is there anything you were needing... Maybe of service somehow. Happy Nepalese Independence Day, Barry. Thank you so very much, miss. Do you know if there's a phone around here? I'd like to call my wife. But of course, there is a, a wire service at the camp. Or Of course, you are free to use any of the utility lines, uh, a, a radio from the Painted Lady. I can make accommodation if you'd like. That would be wonderful, thank you. I don't want the Bergen County record knowing I'm running up a phone bill. I do want Eleanor Roosevelt knowing I'm running up a phone bill. You see what I mean? I believe I catch your meaning. Yes. All right. However, I may be of service to you. You Thank need you. only ask. I'm going to go talk to my wife, Martha. 
Thank you for your honesty. Always. You're welcome. She and Scarlet used to be close. They're not anymore because she married me. See? I believe this is a privileged conversation I was not supposed to have ever heard. So I shall do what I believe I'm expected to, which is to now conduct myself as though none of this was spoken. Oh, you're adorable. Nobody's put the cream in your coffee yet, have they? No? That's what I thought. I'll be getting on the radio to talk to my wife. You'll find the frequency already dialed in. Thank you. Chat time with the wife. I want to just be clear that that whole conversation was held, like, just directly in front of <laughs> the entire time she's just standing there like I get it, you have a wife <laughs> and her name is Martha yeah, okay, I get it best friend stealer <laughs> go uh, uh, talk to, to your wife uh, whatever the time zones work out she wait, you know. Yeah, she's there. She's there. She's yeah. she's wait. You know, she's she has a nightlife. She has a day life. She has all kinds of lives. We're uh, she she's a society reporter for the uh, Bergen County Record, Bergen County, New Jersey. So she's always out at the parties. <laughs> she's always out at the festivities. She's always out at the feats. She's always out at the soirees. Well, uh, Stanley was his name. Stanley. Stan, Stanley Levitz yeah, of Stanley the Bergen Levitz. County Record, <laughs> New Jersey. It's Nepalese. Nepalese department. Stanley Levitz comes in uh, to your uh, no longer burning tent, and he looks like he's had a but a, a bit to drink. Um, it looks like he hasn't showered in a while. You actually haven't seen any showers in this camp, so maybe he can't. But he uh, is really angry about having to do something, which is to hand you a wire, something that's been telegraphed, whatever the technology is, hands you hands it to you. Maybe you could have your mail delivered somewhere else. And he goes to leave, then he stops and looks around at you again, and then goes to leave. What is, wait, so what is the... Tele- it's a telegram from Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, she is instructing you to go to, uh, to uh, what would she call it? Um, she'll call it, I'm trying to think of a code name for the, uh, for the summer home. Um, something like, it's got to be something like where we used to, like some kind of. disgusting puns. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it Brandy House. Uh, she says, uh, report to Brandy House. Do not waste an hour. Which is, of course, on the other side of the globe. Yep. Uh, so she immediately, like, she doesn't, a lot of the stuff is, like, already accommodations that come with the tent. So, like, she just grabs her stuff and goes out to the plains and is like, "All right, team, assemble. <laughs> We're getting out of here." I'm already in the plane. Yep, 
and I'm talking to talking to Martha. Oh, I know, and I'm saying this really loudly, trying to make it really hard for you to hear her. Oh, yes, love, eh? That's Scarlet, all right. She's so <laughs> desperate to be heard. She's so desperate to be seen. Yes, I know. I know, I know, I know. Yes. <laughs> Get the engines ready, which I know will cut, which I know will cut power to your call. <laughs> um, Get the engines ready. We're leaving. We gotta be back in an hour. At once, Mr. Rector. And I give you the coordinates, like on a piece of paper, so that you just. No need, Mr. Rector. I already have it. Well, it's just like so. I'm not saying where it is out loud, because I don't trust Stanley. Oh, Stanley! <laughs> he's probably standing there with his coffee, or well, it's a coffee cup, but you yeah. don't know what's in there. You know, just looking around, like a mile of bad road. And he turns to leave without a word. Any word on the Knicks? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Punk. I'll be sure to leave a good note for you with our editor to say Stanley's holding it down there in Kathmandu. He doesn't respond. <laughs> like, I just want he out of his hell. Hates his life. I feel like he responds with a middle finger. <laughs> You do that, Libby. <laughs> oh, he's such a kiddo. <laughs> okay, so uh, you are going to head back to um, the home base for some very urgent matter. Mm-hmm. And we see a map of the world that is discolored because they always are in these movies. And there's a, a dotted line that goes from Nepal all the way to, I don't know, probably Istanbul, and then to like Cairo, and then, you know, and then eventually, uh, I forget where her home is. Have it written down. Saratoga Springs? Saratoga Springs. I just, I want to make sure everyone knows, I just looked up the Bergen County record was founded in 1895, so I've not introduced yet another anachronism into this game. <laughs> it, it did, that, like, the Wikipedia page is like, and yes, it had a bureau in Nepal. Like, that's a thing that is pointed out there. <laughs> Without fact-checking that, I agree. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we don't have to be historically accurate. Uh so the the scene changes, and now you are in a um, very well-decorated, highly manicured sitting room. And uh, why don't you describe your yourself and your posture and what you're wearing? How come you look so awesome? I always look awesome. Let's just be on, let's just be honest about this. I'm wearing a um, a, a sleek, uh, close-fit green evening gown. Um, it's the one I wore on my first day with Scarlet, um, and it's a one I like to break out for special occasions when I just you know like to show off. Uh, I'm wearing some uh, some some silver heels, and uh, I have my hair done up in a in a. I don't, why do I want to say the word pinafore? That's not the word I want. And my hair just pulled up, and I'm wearing some pearls, and I look very fantastic. And I have one of those um, one of those long cigarettes in my fingers, but I never smoke it because smoking's bad for you. And I just know this somehow. The oracle told me, but it does look stylish when I do that. And I'm reclining on a chaise lounge. <laughs> Camera of hands to Stuart. Stuart is dressed in a very modest 
because he actually didn't know what to pick out because he's never really owned clothes like this. So it's just like a modest vested suit that's gray and wool. And he has some semi-nice shoes on. And he is in the corner with a glass of whiskey and a cigarette smoking. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like a, fi- a little bit of fish out of water because he's just like, this is not really my, my bag. And the camera moves to Barry. Uh, Barry is just nervously shuffling through a handful of cards, and uh, he's just staring at one in particular. It's a, it's a, every card has five stars that you can color in or check off, and this one has one and one half star, but it is um, uh, it, it is from I'm sorry the um, your, I didn't write down your name. Libby, Libby yeah. Scarsdale. Yeah, Libby Scarsdale. <laughs> yeah. So in Barry's mind, a one and one half star critique from Libby is like a five star, and he's just holding on to that for confidence, um, and he's just nervous because he's he feels like he's on the verge of ruining his father's company. Ooh. No pressure. It's like it's like when I, I used to write for the AV Club. It's like when you when we give something a D plus, yeah, and people will be like, well, "We got that plus, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're climbing up." And, and last but not least, we settle on the director. What is Scarlett doing? I mean, she's standing and she is uh, waiting to enter because I am. They're in the like salon, mm-hmm. and she's waiting to enter to speak to Ellie, as she likes to call her. Mm-hmm. Um. And she is wearing, like, a very nice blouse with a bomber jacket, a pencil skirt, red heels. Looks very nice. Like, a very simple makeup, but very elegant. Has her hair down in, like, nice waves. Uh, and she's got her gloves on. She looks very, very, like, it's like a cross between, like, professional and good, but also, like, she just got off a plane, so she's wearing the bomber jacket and things. And she's, she's standing very, like, at attention, waiting, and kind of just, like keeping an eye on everybody. Okay, well, um, the door to the sitting room opens. It's a double door, you know, and inside you are a little startled, maybe. I don't want to speak for you, but it's startling to see a large sarcophagus just on the other side of the door that is open, and the mummified remains of some person is in there wearing an elaborate Egyptian headdress. Look, Scarlet, it's your girlfriend. (laughs) Funny that, I was just about to say about your wife. <laughs> well played, well played. All's fun here. And that's where we're going to stop. <laughs> it's a little early, but it is a session zero. Uh, so, um, it takes, it takes a long drop from the whiskey <laughs> after that. So we are going to figure out what is going on with his mummy. Why Eleanor wanted everybody back so quickly. And we'll forget all about the true cross because that was, you know, the cold open. We shook it off. (laughs) (laughs) We cut to a wolf picking up the shard and running away into a cave. (laughs) (laughs) Then you cut like five million years later and like there's this genetic super wolf that like is lording over the world. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Cannot be defeated. Yeah. Or a Yeti. All right, great. Well, I think that's where we are going to stop. If you uh, would like to know more about this game, be sure to go to Christopher.world 
If you would like more Happy Jacks, go to happyjacks.org. Uh, we're going to put up a calendar here, uh, and that will show you what the show schedule is. This is every other Sunday at 4 o'clock Pacific. Uh, we will move into session one, which will be our first real session, now that we've got to try the characters on for a, for a bit. And, uh, and, we'll, and we'll go into the Eye of Horus then. Uh, until then, I'm Christopher Gray. Uh, I'm Emily Vandor. If you can find my adventures at twitter.com slash emilyvdw. Uh, my writing is all over the internet. This is the only gaming I'm doing right now, though. Let's go ahead and take it. I have been Blythe. You can find me across the interwebs at Twitter, Instagram, all that jazz at BlytheKala93. That's B-L-Y-T-H-E-K-A-L-A-9-3. Um, I am not doing a ton of gaming right now. I just started a new job. I may be guesting on something shortly, but for now, just follow me on Twitters and I, I will tweet about things I'm doing there. And uh, sometimes I, you know, tweet about Star Wars and nerdy stuff. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Eli. I do have a Twitter, but it's kind of lame. Uh, there is a uh, charity that was going on that was involving a bunch of gaming groups and funding children's hospitals, uh, the Extra Life uh, charity. So if you just search the interwebs under Extra Life and Children's Hospital, it should come up. Unfortunately, I forgot my phone in my car and I had all the info, but please check that out. And if you find any APs or anything, please donate if you can. That's a good group. And uh, I am Joe. You can find me at Joe Love Stories on Twitter, uh, although don't go there because I never use that account. But feel free, you know, if you want to just test out some thoughts there, it's a safe space because I'm almost never going to read it. Um, I tweet at you all the time, and you never respond. <laughs> I want to get home, I will check my box for you. Um, <laughs> that's what I tell everybody. Uh, but you can find me there. You can also find me here going forward every other week. So stoked to be back playing. Thank you, everybody at this table. Uh, this is so fantastic. Um, I can't wait to see you all again. Um, and that's it. I'm Joe. And remember, if you find a piece of the true cross, don't throw it out the window. Thank you. We're going to figure out the technology now. <laughs>